Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. We're on tour today because we've been knocked out of every single room in the office, so we're now in the cafe, not drinking though because it's shut, typically. However, with me is our, not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, Jane Spears. He's very much at home on a day off, well earned. However, I do have with me our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Andy. Hi, Ian. Also with me is the social guru himself, Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hello, Ian. And we've got Echo Reporter, an all-round good, good egg, Paul Ghost. He's a very tall egg. He would be a very large egg in the the supermarket, wouldn't he? Yeah, well, he'd be, yeah, definitely. I always look forward to these pods, because I I get billed as something else every week. So it's just kind of what I'm going to be this week. A man of many talents. He is. Journalism one day, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Bit harsh. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. He's on form today. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going outside. It's all this fresh air that we're not having. Uh, anyway, Andy, you were being bored to an end of your life on Tuesday night, watching <laughs> Liverpool take on Porto. Anfield finished nil-nil, but the reality is, whatever happened, it was a job done. They were always going through. It was, yeah. Um, I didn't send many updates through. You might have <laughs> and I really, I, there wasn't anything to say. Um, genuinely, one of the one of those games where if you took your eyes off it for ten minutes, nothing had happened when you when when you uh, put them back on the pitch, but. You know, as I think as we said in the last pod, you know, if this game was ever to be an exciting game, that was going to be bad news for Liverpool because um, what they needed was no nonsense, get through into the quarterfinals, all those things achieved. Um, we thought Klopp would give some players a run out. He did that, and no injuries, which was probably almost as important. And uh, you know, Porto came with uh, you know eight changes from the team that beat Sport in Lisbon on Friday night in a big league game. I think it was 10 changes from the team that had played Liverpool in the first leg. So, you know, Sergio Conceição had no ambitions whatsoever about trying to win this game. Got his men behind the ball. There was a little bit of action, you know, Mane hitting the post. Carriers made one good save from Waris. But apart from that, it was just get it over with, get it done and uh, look forward to the draw on the 16th. I mean, Joe, you were in the office with me on the evening <laughs> and uh, I must admit, did we watch any of the game? It was it was horrific, wasn't it? It was a really really boring game. It was so boring, and Andy wasn't sending many updates through that I, I was reduced to making a bit brilliant jokes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I would repeat them, but I think you should just go back and read them. They were very good. Yeah, you can Desperado. available on recap. Yeah, that. yeah, you can read that on the live book. But anyway, yeah, um, it wasn't the most exciting of games, but I do think it was, in a weird way, an important result because I think it was important for them not to get beat. Um, if you're going to make changes and, and play a, a match like that, you don't want to, like City did, lose lose a, a sort of dead rubber match because it just kills a bit of momentum. And especially going into the United game, I think it's important that they just they got through it. The feel good factor's still there. People are still happy. They're still wanting wanting to watch the Reds. They're still getting behind them, and the players will still feel confident. So I think it was important that they just got through that game and navigated it. Joe's absolutely spot on there because we had so many draws at Anfield during the season mm. where they were draws that felt like losses because yeah. you know Liverpool had dominated the game should have won all the things this is the first time this season I think where we've had a draw that felt like a win after the game when Klopp was talking and all that it was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't think of another one off the top of my head I'm not sure if anyone else can but I can't think of another draw that felt like a no, win for Liverpool no, no, Liverpool so. haven't had any games like that have they where they've been on the back foot for most of the game and they've scored in the last 10 minutes and you kind of think oh yeah well that actually feels like a win because it's you know a late goal but they haven't every, every game we've drawn has, has been disappointing I mean, Paul would you say that the 
bearing that in mind that the positive then was the clean sheet because that's now five and seven for for Carrius. It seems to be whoever's playing centre back at the moment, who's playing playing full back, they're getting the job done. Yeah, um, well, Carrius once again, you know, that can only do wonders for his confidence. He's he's been given the, the, the number one top hasn't he, until at least the end of the season. I think Klopp will, will kind of look at it then. So the more clean sheets he gets is only going to be beneficial to him and the defence as a whole because, you know, ourselves have done it, haven't we? We've criticised the defence and the Bulls' Bull back line is, is never too far away from, from criticism. So the more um, more clean sheets they get, you know, that, that's only going to be better for, for them and the Bulls as a whole. Do you know why I'm a bit worried, though, with all these clean sheets? I think they still desperately need to buy a new goalkeeper in the summer and I'm worried that the more clean sheets they get and the better Carriers does, that we might see Klopp say in the summer oh you know what Carrius is my number one but I keep my, my voice <laughs> voice up a little bit because of all the people coming past but yeah <laughs> I think um, my, it, it's a major worry for me I still think Carrius to me I still don't think we've seen him tested in these games albeit yeah. he did make that one good save against Newcastle I don't think we're seeing crosses come into the box I don't see, think we're seeing him with a lot to do and I'd like to see him tested a bit more do you think Klopp will kind of look at it and think uh, Carrius was his sign and so any excuse to say this this, this is our man not, he'll do it he'll it's take not, it. not so much an excuse it's just that Klopp puts great faith into players doesn't he and I think he's not the type of manager that, that will look at it and say Carrius isn't good enough he'll look at the, the, his immediate form and say look he's shown me he's a, he's a you, Liverpool you know what though I don't think we need to worry about it because we will get a definitive answer and we will get a definitive answer in a high pressure game in a quarter Spons, final yeah, of yeah, a European yeah, Cup yeah, yeah. twice and you know potentially a semi-final of a European Cup twice and at those moments this renaissance we've seen from Loris Carries will be put to the ultimate test won't it yeah, he's, yeah, been, he's been playing in some important games he, you know every league game almost has become important for Liverpool uh, but he has made these these very good saves in games where he hasn't had a lot to do but made the save he had to which is the key thing for a, for a goalkeeper in a top team and I think we will find out from him on this however far this sort of European Cup Odyssey takes Liverpool Loris Carries is going to have questions to answer and so Klopp will know if, if we have if I think if Carries goes ahead and produces very strong performances in massive games towards the end of the season it's very difficult to think that he wouldn't say to himself we've got a very good goalkeeper there and potentially spend, shall we call it, the Allison money um, somewhere else. If that doesn't happen, if if maybe there's a you know a nil-nil tight quarter-final at some point, and he lets in a seven out of ten type of chance, then Klopp may go to himself, you know, let's let's go and give Roma a call. Well, four of the next, I think, six or seven games are going to be those two games in Europe, the Champions League quarter-final, but also there'll be United away on Saturday, and then Everton away in between the two legs and I think Crystal Palace away is around there as well so they're traditionally the games that Liverpool will come under more pressure than perhaps they normally would do yeah I mean however badly you think United are playing at the moment you won't go to Old Trafford and United won't have some chances Uh, they will have chances on Saturday and it's a big stage for them and you know hopefully I really hope that you just you know does that thing where a goalkeeper is a team of strikers where he's on a confident run and it just flows through him and uh, you know it's um, we'll see but um, I, he's always felt like he's 
confident in himself carrier so it was just the rest of us who had doubts about it <laughs> yeah. um, are, we, are we thinking there might be like a, a comparison certainly not in terms of the talent but in terms of the, the way their careers started in England between Carrius and De Gea that comparison has been made a hundred times already hasn't it you know I think a lot of people cling on to De Gea I think, I think as, they can say, more, they can say more now because because Carrius has finally shown a little bit more of why yeah, De Gea's done it for now five seasons he had, he had one very poor season when he first arrived and he did arrive for a lot of money De Gea I think was he a world he wouldn't have been Premier League record at the time and and he then transformed and stayed consistent Carrius is going to do it for a lot longer than six months he's got to do it for six years you know to be considered but the only way he can do that though is by yeah. staying in goal he can and, and by not making mistakes if you're going to look at that comparison you'd have to look at the amount of appearances so Carrius is coming up to around about the 40 mark for Liverpool where was David De Gea at 40 appearances for Manchester United was he still dropping them in was he still not commanding his area the familiar complaints as to when he started you'd have to look at it like that but I think it's um, it, it's a bit too easy for, for, for Liverpool fans to say oh we'll look at him and he's now the world's best goalkeeper at Manchester United um, I don't think Carrius has shown that he could be anywhere near that, that level at this stage so only time will tell but whether he'll get that time is, I think uh, I can't say. I think it was more not so much the comparison between the pair of them as players, but the comparison to the fact that they could have Carriers could have this opportunity that Hay had. As Joe said, he made the most of it. Yeah. Now, will Carriers get that opportunity? Because, as Andy said, they could, well, you said that they could easily sign a goalkeeper. So. It's quite rare as well, isn't it? I don't think you see many goalkeeping cases like there where they come in and have such a poor time early doors and then come through it you know, Bartes, Bartes, tend to be, Bartes was, wasn't great it seems to be something about Schmeichel as well I seem to recall when he first started Bartes, United, never, got better, Bartes never got any better he was, he was terrible he, was he wasn't terrible he wasn't terrible come on let's be fair but, but goalkeepers tend to be they, they tend to come in and if they don't do well Gro- straight away Gro- Gro- they, they, many 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 years ago many many before, before my time yeah. before um, football according to Sky but yeah I think goalkeepers tend to have to make an immediate impression so De Gea is a, is a rare case and I hope that Carrius can follow in, in his footsteps but I think it takes a lot more I think it's a, like Paul said too easy a comparison to make and also puts a bit too much pressure on Carrius because De Gea is the best goalkeeper certainly in the Premier League possibly in the world Neville Southall's another one by the way he, he took a while to get going at Everton I think he went he came in went out on loan I think I don't know for sure mm-hmm. anyway going back to the game against Porto Andy you were very surprised to see a certain Mr. Salah appear off the bench towards the closing stages. Because I think, see, your, your tweet was something like, I'm astonished, or something along those lines. I'm speechless, yeah, that's uh, the one, I think yeah. it was. And if, if, uh, if there was any room between mine and James Pierce's chairs, I'd have fallen off mine uh, <laughs> in the Anfield press box. Because, you know, it was 70 to 75 minutes, I can't remember the exact minute he came on. Um, certainly Klopp said afterwards he meant to give him 20 minutes. Uh, and if he hadn't even made a mistake um, and it, I just couldn't believe it as to why why you'd want to even take the chance and uh, you know Does this played, not go back to momentum that was being it, mentioned it before? I mean Joe made a good point by momentum and I, I totally agree with him in terms of the value of not losing and and it, it was a little boost for the crowd because the very first thing he did we mentioned the office earlier was Plucked one out of the sky yeah. with a perfect touch, and then the second action he involved was doing exactly the same with his other foot, and it was, you know, and he, you know, he almost set a goal on for Milner and all those things. It was, uh, it was good for the people who paid the money to be there, um, but I didn't see the point in it. I didn't massively see the point in in Mane uh, and Firmino being on there either. Um, I think Danny Ings could have led the line for me. 
he obviously came on, almost got his goal. Um, at least it was a save from, you can say it was a save from Ikekesi as wasn't it? Um, so yeah, I was surprised he's allowed. I mean, Klopp was asked about it afterwards, and his basic vibe was, well, you might as well have them playing because an injury can happen at any stage in training, any and whatever. And to be fair, it wasn't much more than a glorified training session out there, was it? So his vibe was, he said to Salah, you know, if you go out and run around quite a lot, you don't have to train tomorrow. <laughs> so I think that's why Salah came on and yeah. busy because <laughs> you know, for all we think, players can't wait to get to Melwood. You know, players love playing, training for a lot of them is a bit of a drag and um, they probably know. enjoy their days off as much as we do yeah, absolutely so um, <laughs> but of course there was changes we got 93 minutes off Lalana. Uh, did got, he look massively short of match fitness from what I could tell um, he just doesn't look himself he, he hasn't seen in the games he's played since he, he, he was injured he is one of those players that feels like he needs to play himself into form he's not there yet but he didn't look quite as you know, off as he did in the last time he came back and uh, you know, he sorted his hair as we know, it's important <laughs> and I think and you know, we just don't know with those games come up he could be there could be a game he's vital, especially if we start getting an injury here or there. He obviously was playing in front three, which yeah. we've become unaccustomed to see him in there, and he was on the left and then he floated him he kept switching. Um, so he's still a fair way away, Adam Alana from being you'd start him in an important game. I mean, Paul, there were one or two other players who made a bit of an impact. I mean, there's this game obviously coming up on Saturday, Old Trafford. There'll be one or two players who played thinking, I, I'm, this could be my chance to stake my claim. And, and James Millen was one of them. He's, he was the best best on show up to Andy. Yeah, um, I think Liverpool's midfield options are quite interchangeable. I think, obviously, you look at the front three and they're nailed on. If they're fit, they're playing. And particularly uh, Van Dijk at the back. And then... Obviously, you've got the full-backs. Robertson's made that left-back slot his own, hasn't he? And then uh, it's, it's, it's either Trent or, or Joe Gomez, isn't it? Um, but Liverpool's midfield is quite fluid and interchangeable, so I think if anyone kind of impresses maybe Jordan Training or in, in the game before, I think that they'd always try and stay claiming. And that was the same again with Milner, who's basically shown his worth in, in this Champions League campaign, hasn't he? Um, he's, he's far and away the most experienced uh, Champions League performer for Liverpool. Um, and, and he certainly proved that in the 80 or so games he played so far. I mean, he, he could have, he's had seven assists, hasn't he? Eight, is it eight? eight? Yeah, yeah. And he almost had another two. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Mane hit his against the inside of the post, and Lovren headed his free kick over. And then he almost got on the score sheet himself. And you know, he told us all in the in the pre match press conference, he said, Look, you know, all through my career, I've created goals. You know, it's any of us who are surprised because we've gotten down us this. I think his words were a workhorse sort of vibe. You know, he's he's a lot more than that, James Milner, and uh, you know, fair play to him. And for me, he's Defo playing at Old Trafford on uh, on Saturday. And I think talking about that midfield, there's an obvious. I think if he goes with the two attacking fullbacks, of course, he was talking about there with Trent and uh, Robertson, then I think he can afford to then go with a with a, a midfield three of Henderson, Chan, and Milner of solidity. Um, if he was to go solid at right back in particular and go more Gomez, then I think he might be more tempted then to bring Oxley Chamberlain in. Um, but I think he'll go with the he'll let his, his full backs be his outlet 
and his attacking force and he'll be solid in the middle we'll of the park. Come, we'll come to the team selection for Old Trafford a bit later on but for now the other thing that not saying get overlooked but Liverpool actually got through to the Champions League quarterfinals obviously we all knew they were getting through three weeks ago I mean Real Madrid have got through Man City have got through and Tottenham haven't got through now Andy you were last time on the pod looking at the European games you were quite insistent that Juventus had a very big chance of getting through against Tottenham yeah um I think my phrase was, look, I'd never back against an Italian side who can go through by winning 1-0. And, and actually, um, when Harry Kane, uh, or when their son scored for, uh, for, for, for Spurs, it sort of, I, was, I was surprised, to be honest, because um, Juventus, I thought, would, would, be, would be better than they were, in all honesty. But obviously, they've just found that 10 minutes, 5 minutes even, to, you know, he changed the game, Allegri, and he managed to find... Uh, you know, a couple of mistakes from Spurs, and what they've got is they know how to get it done, and don't they? You know, yes. they, they they just had that know-how. They've been in the last two finals, is that right? Two of the last three. Two of the last yeah. three. That's it. And you know, they they you know they are a very very experienced team, and I know people looked at them in the first half and thought these aren't very good, are they? And probably Spurs are better a better team than so them. But Spurs they just, were the better team, but yeah. Juventus played for 15 minutes over two legs, managed to concede three goals, and still got through. See, I, I don't agree with that either, though, because I've seen quite a lot last night of Tottenham were a better team and they should have went through, but they didn't win either game. Um, and basically got schooled at the, the higher end of... And Juventus also football. missed a penalty in the first leg. Missed a penalty in the first yeah. one, and I know there was offset and penalties almost last night, wasn't yeah. it, that didn't get given, but uh, you know, the, the shirt pool was one, and then the, uh, yeah. the foul, so... Um, how did he not give that, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> how did the fella behind the goal not give it? The handball one. No, no, the, 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 the handball no, the handball was the very foul, early on. Foul, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but Andy's spot on what he's saying, is he? I, I couldn't believe that people would, after Tottenham gets got a draw away from him, people were making out like they were through. Yeah. And you're like, they're playing Juventus, they're playing, they, they've been to the final in two of the last three seasons. This is, the, th- this is the thing, like, people having to go PSG for, for getting beat. That's why you, you're always at the mercy of the draw, are you? And Liverpool yeah. will be at the mercy of the draw. And, and, and I, I think Juventus are a top side, and they are the, one of the sides that I think Liverpool will want to avoid. They're not a side well, that you want to play. We did that poll, didn't we, uh, when Liverpool mm. got through, saying which team would they want to play? And then we spun it around, and the teams that they didn't want to play, I think Man City, with two, only 2% of fans said they wanted to play Man City in the next round. But the next two were actually Tottenham or Juventus. So the fans also don't, don't, don't want to come up against them. Yeah, I mean, Juventus would be a tricky game for all sorts of reasons, as we know. Um, but, but not least the fact that they have an inner belief in them. They're a, they're a side that is no... You, know, you, you have your, your phrase, and I'll give you the opportunity to trot it out, Ian, but at some point last night... Yeah. Spurs remembered something, didn't they? Yes, they did. They, they, did. they, they remembered that uh, at the critical moment, they remembered that they were Spurs. They were and Spurs. you're going to say that Juventus remembered that they are Juventus. They are Juventus and that they are a team of, you know, you'd want to be in the trenches with Juventus players yeah. when you, you know, they're, I mean, they're, I mean, there was a horrific stamp from, was it Barzagli <laughs> exactly, last yeah, night? Yeah. But, you know, and, you know, you can't condone it, but says just, the man about to condone it. Well, <laughs> but I think it probably—I don't know—but you know, you can see what he was trying to do. Son had caused him some problems, so I'm yeah. going to try and upset him. They're a team who will apply the dark arts to get where they want to be. It'd be interesting if they came up against the Klopp Liverpool side because Klopp is someone who has throughout the season said that he'll never resort to the dark arts. Um, so that would be that would be an interesting combination. I think Liverpool have too much pace for Juventus, 
to to that that we would probably win that game. Now after the game, Chiellini, who by the way is not finished, he he did an interview and I, and I know he said this thing about we knew Tottenham in their yeah. history is, is to fail, but he also said a good point because he got asked the question about you know how to do this two finals in three years, and he said four years ago we didn't know how to do it just but we, we learned by doing it so we know what it takes. Now I've read some stuff about Jurgen Klopp the fact that. Has he, has he changed a little bit with the way that he's approaching these games or he's speaking with the media because we're, we're approaching now obviously the business end of the season and he knows how to get a team to a Champions League final and he knows how to get a team towards the finishing line and to get to cup finals because he's done it so many times before well Champions League once obviously he's got Liverpool Europa to a Europa League, League final yeah. already he knows what it takes and is this where that experience is going to come through for? Very much so yeah um, I think that was kind of one of the uh the reason the Liverpool fans were so excited when they went to what was originally appointed back in October 2015. This was a, a manager with a European pedigree and he was one of the, seen as one of the world's elite coaches. Uh, slowly but surely he's, he's starting to prove that at Liverpool, isn't he? Um, and you know, Liverpool are in the last eight for the first time in nine years um, and looking like they could actually be on the cusp of something on the clock. Um, and and that, that's basically a testament to how good he is as a coach. And seeing just why he was so uh, so well thought of across Europe um, when he came in. Look at the coaches that he could come up against, Klopp in these in this these quarterfinals, and then and if you can contrast that then with Brendan Rodgers, who I was a big supporter of and, and remain so. But if you look at so if you look, he's got. Um, so, so Madrid. So you've got Zidane, obviously. Got Allegri, Allegri, Guardiola, Mourinho. Uh, Henk is at, at uh, Bayern Munich, an yeah. old foe yeah. uh, from the, his last Champions League final. And um, who else have we got? Who else is out there? Well, they can't do Conte uh, uh, Valverde, or, or, Valverde yeah. at Barca. So um, you put Jurgen Klopp in among them, and he's that's his manner, isn't it? Those are the types of coaches that he is absolutely at home with. A couple of them, you would think, actually, you know, for all that he's won two Champions Leagues in his first two seasons as a coach. Put Klopp against Zidane, and you sort of think the, the experience there is with Klopp almost. You know what I mean? If, if uh, albeit you know it'd be Real Madrid and everything else. Um, so put Brendan Rodgers in that situation, you're thinking he's a little outgunned, isn't he, in terms of European knowledge? So I think that's Paul said that that's one of the big things that supporters wanted when Liverpool brought him in, and you know the owners aren't daft; they they were aware of that as well, and uh, you know. I, you know, I've, I've, I've always thought Liverpool had a big chance this season. As Joe said, you're massively at the look of the draw in terms of who you get at what time in your season. Because I have a feeling if Liverpool had had a harder Champions League group at a time when they, earlier in the season when defensively they weren't solid and were making mistakes and were missing a load of chances, then you know they might not have got out of the group, but they got any any easy group wasn't it you know you'd, yeah, you'd yeah. bought you'd have bought that group for a lot of money uh, they got a good draw in the quarter final albeit against the Portland side who I think would have caused problems for some other sides and therefore I think we go into the March 16th draw with nobody wanting to get Liverpool now they were nobody would be sat there thinking I want Real Madrid or or um, Barcelona either probably but um, you know there's at least you know there'll be at least a couple of sides who who 
everyone will want, won't they? Really? I think I they're think. all looking at the winner of Shakhtar. Shakhtar against Roma. Yeah. But That's even then, Roma, Roma, Roma just beat one four two at Napoli. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're you know. It's they might be seen as so, the bonus prize, yeah, might yeah. they? But it might not prove so that way. So does this kind of prove that how well Liverpool have done then, Joe, to get to the last eight? Because you know PSG, we said haven't got the Tottenham, haven't got the Dortmund, didn't get the Atletico Madrid, didn't get the Arsenal, didn't even qualify, and also Liverpool could go to second in the most competitive league in the world, and second only to this team, this Man City team, who we were probably going to go off and break all sorts of records by the end of the season. Massively, I mean. Liverpool got out of the group. I think Andy's spot on, by the way. I think that they were sort of lucky to get a group that did favour them at the time. When they, I think they were getting to grips with top-level European football again. They were missing chances. The defence wasn't great. But they got through a group that included Sevilla, who are no mugs. They're a good team. Um, and then they, they've navigated past Porto. Well, they didn't just navigate past. They blew Porto away and swatted them aside. And now, again, you're at the mercy of the draw. But I think, yeah, like Tottenham, I know they came up against the far superior side to that Porto but they've struggled and didn't get through and I think if Liverpool can, can turn the screw and they can finish second and even if they get knocked out to a good side in the course finals of the Champions League that represents massive progress and you take that experience and you take it into next season in any other season Liverpool would be in the midst of a title challenge now and you'd be looking at these last games thinking how many points can we squeeze out of it because of how good City have been they're not but um, definitely this all bodes well for the future, does it? And, and this is why everyone's so excited under Klopp. Yeah, so I mean, taking steps clearly. Klopp summed it up perfectly in the post-match presser, didn't he? he? Said, "I feel like we belong in the yeah, quarterfinals." Yeah. To be honest, and that was the perfect thing, I think, to say. We do belong there. We, I think, he, I'm not quite sure if he said it. But he certainly felt like he felt like they deserved to yeah. be there. And and also his follow-up to that then was, "And we're not even a little bit satisfied." To be honest, that meant, that tells you he thinks they can go a lot further. And, uh, and they can draw dependent. My little worry, and I've re- re- repeated it on here before, is that I feel this is a transition year for a lot of the, the, the really, really big clubs, uh, like Real Madrid are clearly in a transitional year. I think Barcelona will potentially be stronger next year once they've got Coutinho embedded in and everything else. And um, I just think this might be the year you need to grab your chance yeah. if, you're to get, if yeah. you're to get that sick for Liverpool, that sick European Cup. I do think Joe's right in terms of what it says in terms of a Premier League challenge next season is is, is massive and uh, you'd be disappointed if that didn't didn't arrive now. I kind of think if you look at Klopp's uh, European campaign to Liverpool, he's, he got to the Euro- Europa League final and it wasn't even his first full season, was it? He came in when they were in disarray and he ended up taking them to the final and if it wasn't for a terrible second half, he, he might have won that. And now first full, uh, full campaign in the Champions League, they're in the last eight and, and they're in with the shots so it's not like he's just happened on a on an attack that's firing for him or anything this is a, a top manager who's, who's proven it now on on the biggest stage in, in Europe the the one the other thing we should say about the, the, Liverpool are four games away from a European Cup final and two of those games would be at Anfield and if and if this is a game where you're at the luck of the draw if Liverpool can get a quarter final draw with a second leg at Anfield mm. this is where I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiling my own story because I'm writing a little piece <laughs> later on um, but you'll get an exclusive uh, preview of it now but this is where I think the it felt like a little bit of a waste some of those great nights at Anfield in the run-up to that Europa League final that goes to talking about where that bad second half cost us those fantastic victories over United, yeah. Dortmund, yeah. Villarreal but I believe that what those nights did was send a message across Europe that Anfield 
in a second leg is not the place to be going thinking you're going to win and that special things can happen there and hopefully if we get that scenario even for a first leg game that, that those games will have got into the heads of football players on daft they'll watch these games they know perfectly well what it's like um, in various places and they'll know that you know they'll have heard um, Tuchel after um, the, the Dortmund game just came out <laughs> and just went well I can't remember the exact phrase but something really strange happened yeah, here tonight I couldn't believe I, it or something I, like that wasn't it? it was happening I knew it was going to happen and I couldn't stop it and that was that's that's Anfield and this is so you know four games potentially from a European Cup final two of them at Anfield there would be and you know let's not downplay ourselves we're bloody in this <laughs> not just that <laughs> thanks Jürgen <laughs> but not, not just that as well it's what it does as well for the, the summer and, and beyond isn't it last year they took a step they got back into the top four and suddenly they, they shopped in a new market in terms of buying new players they were able to get people they wouldn't have got Salah if they weren't in the Champions League but they got Salah and now I think if you get to the, the quarterfinals, the semi-finals, if you beat good teams, then players will be looking at it in the summer thinking, I want to be part of that. I want to join that team. They're, they're a European heavyweight again. And then you're shopping in the next tier of, of players. And then that can mean more for the future. So it's, it's massive for Liverpool. It, it does send out a message that they don't want to play there against Liverpool. They want to play there for Liverpool. And if you get on the opposite spiral to what Joe's talking about, which you, you end up at the Emirates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what's happening. That's what's happening to you know. There Do you still think that's where Daniel Sturridge should have gone? I think he would have. Well, not not. Well, it appears his body is just incapable yeah. of being on the field. So you know. Final thing on the game then from Tuesday. Going back to goalkeeper Zika Casillas got a, a good reception from the cop. In fact, it wasn't just the cop, was it? It was the whole ground. Yeah, I mean. Came on. Obviously, there's a traditional welcome for the goalkeeper at the cop end, which we all know about. This one was a little bit special; had a little bit more in it. It started as soon as he. It was on those where I think most of his team were already on the pitch as well. So he sort of almost came on from the halfway line towards the cop himself, and you know the supporters there are well aware of the things he's done in the game. I'll probably get the number on, but I think it was Champions League one six seven game one six seven for Casillas which is just incredible isn't it really and um, you know Klopp was asked Klopp left the pitch sort of arm in arm with him at the end uh, by the way he, re- he returned the Klopp's ovation but he, you know, he knows that he scored himself Casillas he's been twice before hasn't he uh, yeah and he's, he's, he's uh, he was on social media talking about it as well so um, but there was a nice picture he put on his Instagram of him and Klopp arm in arm leaving the pitch with, with uh, just the headline respect and uh, Klopp was saying um, he was asked if he was talking about it to Casillas about it potentially being his last game but uh, Klopp said I won't say how many years but I think he wants to play a couple more yet so hopefully we'll see a bit more of Iker Casillas in, uh, in Champions League in the next couple of years OK moving on then to Saturday Manchester United at Old Trafford Paul is this the one game that Liverpool fans want to win more than any other? Yeah uh, undoubtedly um I was reading a piece from James Pierce yesterday it's apparently the 200th competitive game between the pair it's, uh, it, it still remains the, the biggest fixture in British football um, undoubtedly it's, you know, it's going to be watched by however many millions across the world and it, it is the one that Liverpool want to win um, they want to win in every season but obviously if you take three points on Saturday you move up to second and uh, leapfrog United so there's, there's that as well I mean, the last time Liverpool won there, Joe, was in 2014, 3-0. Yeah. And 
How many of those players are actually still at the club? I'm gonna say no. Minuli. Well, so okay. How many of those are going to be playing at the weekend? Zero. Zero. Henderson. Henderson played. Oh, Henderson. Henderson played. Because you had. Yeah, Jordan Henderson played. That could be one. One. player. That's four. No, that could be one player because it was like Minuli. You had yeah. Skill and Aga, Johnson and Flanagan, yeah, yeah. Sturridge, Coutinho, Suarez, uh, Gerrard, all of them. Joe Allen played, uh, yeah. All so. of them, I mean, yeah. what does that tell you? It tells us Liverpool have made some changes <laughs> since that game. It tells you if you don't, yeah. win, if you don't win things, yeah. your squad yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. is changes, not just yeah. from the players you want to get rid of, but players like Sterling who mm. decide they'll go and win things yeah. elsewhere, which he's obviously gone with this uh, Coutinho, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the, it's the game that makes you feel sick more than any other one, isn't it? <laughs> you know, um, I, I know there are. Really? The, do you really there'll think be a, there'll be a lot. Really, of, really there'll be a lot that? of people in you know talking about the, the derby and Everton and all that. Um, this but, is, know, before we go any further, this is interesting because, as you can probably tell from Andy's voice, he's not from around the Liverpool region originally. Now, I'd always say, never you. I'm from, excuse me, excuse me, it's still Merseyside, yeah. it's still Merseyside, right. And there's more scouts than you'll yeah. ever <laughs> But the point I'm trying to make is, as far as I'm concerned, Liverpool and Everton is still the derby. None of this Liverpool, Man United, North yeah, West derby like nonsense. No, it's not. I don't have that as a derby. Liverpool, Everton is the derby and that would be, if you're a supporter of either team, surely the game you're from the city that you want to win more than any other because you're going into work the next day or two days later and they're the people you're going to face yeah. you're going to get six months of that but what you're forgetting is that Everton are rubbish so <laughs> you don't go into work worrying because <laughs> well, no, but, yeah, well, no, because surely then if you lose to don't, if, don't if, if Liverpool lose to Everton when Everton are rubbish that's even worse than losing to Manchester United when Manchester United above them in the Premier League table but, I mean we're, we're, we're splitting hairs because neither is a good scenario to be in and losing to either if you, in the in the I rare think, when was the last time Liverpool lost to Everton? lost to, to 2010 was the last 2010. time 2010 so so you know, Joe's been able to come into work many days since then, <laughs> not worrying that he's going to run into. Have you uh, ever worked when Liverpool had lost? <laughs> he's probably still in school. Uh, he's a young man. I think it comes down more to the uh, to being at the absolute pinnacle of, of English football, doesn't it? Liverpool and Manu are, are one and two, aren't they? Um, and we've seen Liverpool overtaken when United won the League Cup last season. I think that they officially took over Liverpool with the 45th trophy, I think. Uh, so I think that's probably what it comes down to. So all these stuff. He's, he's, yeah, he's got, he's got a little yeah, no, yeah, now, we, now, now we know why you brought it up. It depend which trophies yeah. you count. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I seem to remember from that stat was thrown around last. It did depend if you counted them all. But no, I mean, obviously, I grew up in Northern Ireland, and every the vast majority of people were either Liverpool or Man United. That's just the way they they grew up. So, but but I don't think that's just a, you know an Irish thing either. I think I think. There's lots of, of, of my friends here in Liverpool would rather um, beat United than any game. But, you know, there, there, there are... I mean, for, I'll throw his name in there. Tony Barrett, whom a lot of people know, who know, he would rather beat Everton than, 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 any, than United any day. I think you're in that camp as well, Ian. So, uh, uh, excuse me, I would rather one of those scenes won that game, yes. Yeah, so, yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, you know, everyone, everyone has to... But for me... When I'm I'm not going to Old Trafford on Saturday, I'll be in the office uh, probably with a couple of you yes, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jenny, we've got James Pierce and Christian Walsh over at Old Trafford for Saturday um, as a preview. But um, James driving, so, obviously. Uh, yes, but um, I, you know, I'll I'll be probably running the match blog, and I'll be fairly I'll be feeling fairly sick 
while I we're going to have a lot of by the way we will, if you hear any noises coming out of Old yeah. Hall Street in Liverpool during the hours of half past 12 to about 20 past 2 it will be Andrew Kelly the yeah. worst thing about it is every time United get anywhere near <laughs> Liverpool's final third yeah. you'll scream I'll get scared we'll all jump no, I, I think do you know I think the other reason why this rivalry has, has gotten bigger is because the world's a bigger place now in terms of a lot of that you know you talk about the, the work you, you go into work and people take the mickey out of you and whatnot. But that, that plays out on social media now, doesn't it? And you, you're more in close contact with United fans because they're there in your face taking the mick out. You can't hide from them as, as well as yeah. I think you could have done maybe years ago. You don't have to log in. Yeah, well, you don't have to log in, but you, you, everyone's plugged in all the time, aren't they? And, I, you know, for me, it was for me that United rivalry got bigger in uni when I was surrounded by United fans and they were always at you as soon as... I think we lost every game to them when I was in uni other than the 4-1. So you, you always had people in your face after, straight after you'd lost to United so I, I think I think it's changed in that sense um, but here's the game Andy's right it's the game that makes me me personally I feel more, sick more so like more so at Old Trafford than Anfield yeah more so at Old Trafford yeah, but, yeah just just, it, just, it just seems to be a, you ask the United fans they always say the biggest one win they could ever have is Anfield so yeah, that's what that's what they think yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they think and they've thought that okay it might have changed slightly with City becoming a lot better so, you know, but I think historically they'd always want to win at Anfield. Yeah, yeah. For Liverpool, it is winning at, you know, at Old Trafford rather than Anfield. Yeah. Take both of them. You know, I don't have the stats, but I suspect Gorsty might. But it's not something. That's <laughs> he's turned his back the other way now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that uh, it's not something we've done hugely often over the years, is well, it? Well, it was twenty fourteen, two thousand and nine, and two thousand and one, two, four, and that's it since nineteen ninety. So what's that? Five in twenty eight years. Exactly. So it doesn't happen very often, and you know. They, you know, you go there and you know there'll be seventy-five thousand in there, and the vast majority of them will, will be them, won't it? And uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be, you know, you don't, uh, you know, it's just defeat is 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 just so difficult to take. I, I actually do you think, actually think say, do you actually think defeat actually matters? And okay, I mean that in the sense of the points. Liverpool are seven points clear of Chelsea in fourth place now. They've bought themselves a few poor yeah, results. Yeah. Now they, this doesn't this isn't like an absolutely massive must win. And I don't think it is for United either. This can be played out in how, whatever way that the two managers decide to play it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's got a draw written all yeah. over it to be honest because the big thing that really helped United and Mourinho was that um you know, Matic's one goal for the season last minute against Crystal Palace that got him his three points, put them back above Liverpool. And that means Mourinho can play the way he wants to play against Liverpool, which is very solid and defensive. And then hopefully he does a, the Mourinho job and gets the goal, and therefore he's, you know, he's the cleverest manager in the world again, instead of the most boring manager in the world. Do you know what can I mean? he be both? Very possibly in some games, yeah. I mean, this is that you know he was the man who uh, in Milan managed to you know beat that Barcelona team, uh, which was pretty much unbeatable at the time. And um, you know, I remember watching that game in Tenerife on holiday and almost ruined my holiday. I was um, actually I was in Paris uh, in a hotel on the Champs Elysees. It was when the volcano happened and Liverpool were playing Atletico Madrid. And we had to go through Paris and we were staying there overnight, so yeah. So he can do it, Mourinho, and you know, I've got a lot of respect for him, but you know, as a lot of United fans are saying at the moment, you know, they're not overly enjoying going to watch his teams every other week. So, um, but I think three points against Palace put him above Liverpool means he can be solid and everything else. Klopp doesn't need to be daft, he knows 
he knows he can afford to. I don't think he wanted. Obviously, he obviously wouldn't want to lose, but he knows that a point, even if Chelsea get three, then you're still five ahead of them. I think our goal difference is better as well. Yeah. So you're almost looking at six, and you, you know it's not a huge number of games left. And Liverpool have some very ultimately, let's say, easy home games. You know, there's a lot of games there where you should go. If we need to win that game, is it the last home game, Brighton? Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. Okay, right. We will do what we Wal- did. There's Watford coming up. Okay. Who we- others? Palace away, isn't it? Palace away. Who are the two with the home games, actually? Everton. That's away. Everton's away. Everton's away. Palace away, Everton away. Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth at home. And another. Yeah, no. So basically, Liverpool have winnable home games. And if they. No, they play them. West Brom away is the other away game, by the way. If they win, those home games, then that gives them the fact. Because they do have trickier away ties, don't they? They've got to go to Old Trafford, they've got to go to Chelsea. Stoke at home. They Stoke at home, okay, and they gotta to go to they gotta to go to Everton. Um so um I think Liverpool make hay at home. If you give Klopp a point now at Old Trafford he'd take it easy, definitely. I think I think, he, I think Andy's right because I think you can't you if anybody watched the United games, the last two against Chelsea and Crystal Palace, you go, How on earth did they get six points out of that? Yeah. I watched that Monday night and you know, it, it's it's a regular regular theme about Mourinho's United team that they're just not pleasing to watch and they're not they don't even have good spells at 10 minutes where they're playing a few nice passes yeah. and they look like they're on top they just grind out every single result and it, it really must be difficult to watch as a Manchester United fan particularly when you think of the, the 300 million they've spent over the last however many years 3 or 4 years um, it's just difficult every week but they're there aren't they they're second they're still in the Champions League um, whether you like it or not Mourinho does get the exactly and they won the League Cup and the Europa League last year they're a strange team as well aren't they because I I watched a bit of Monday and I I didn't yeah they didn't have any passages of play they weren't putting Crystal Palace under any great pressure they weren't they they didn't look like they even fitted together too well as a team they looked like individuals and they didn't even look solid defensively so you didn't even think they they, they at least do one thing well but then they, they managed to get the points and they do it they do it consistently. They manage to get through games. So. In both of those games, they have come from behind as well. Yeah. yeah. And in the minute that they scored that the first goal against, I was in the on the office on a Monday. I speak to some of the other people who were in. The minute they scored, everybody went. They've won. Yeah. yeah They've won. Yeah. You could and just tell. One thing. I, one thing I am worried about for Saturday is that at some point, Alexis Sanchez has to remember he's playing for yeah, Manchester yeah. United now on an unbelievable contract, and they've and that he's got to announce himself. The United supporters, he hasn't done it at all yet, as far as I can see. Um, and there will be no better time for a United player to make that um, make that statement. He's set than up against for a uh, Martin Tyler squeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's is. not do the Martin Tyler thing. No, no, but you can you can just imagine that happening. I, but I do think that may well happen in a situation where um, Liverpool will have scored it as well. And I, I can just see it being a classic Liverpool United one-all draw, and uh, they both have their moment. It's very tense, everything else, um, and yeah, you know, you know, it isn't going to be a game where there's a. F- you can't imagine there's going to be a game where there's going to be a flurry of chances. I just, I don't see it. Can't see it. No. Can't see it. Can't see an open. Do you not think Liverpool game. will try and go for it? Yeah, of course. From, from, from the kickoff. Yeah, Liverpool always do, don't they? But United don't, and, and that's the difference. I think United will set up to, to stifle and contain and try and basically grab something. And, and you know, the more they, they feel themselves into the game, 
Um, we'll go approach it already, honestly. That's where United. I think it'll go quite similar to the way it went last season. We'll go for it, we'll go ahead, and then United will grow into it, and then they'll have a little spell, and you'll you'll know that you'll, you'll know in the back of your mind, oh, it's coming here, it's coming in. They'll equalise, and then it'll peter out, and then the one one. We might as well not play the game. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, so, I, 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 okay, we'll do the team now. We'll do the team. What do you think the team's going to be? Carries and goal. Yeah. Centre back. Well, by the way, can I say we got the team nope. absolutely spot on for Newcastle last uh, yeah. for the Newcastle yeah. game? Which okay. well, well, done. Was, uh, well done. You've set yourself up now. That was so cool. we're going to have Pierce and Kelly. It wasn't very difficult, but we we give ourselves we give ourselves a tap on the. Yeah, I always think that three in the midfield's a hard one to get. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, okay. Are we saying Robertson left back? Yeah. Are we saying? Trent I right think back? he's going to go for Trent I think it'll say everything about how Klopp's approaching the game as to I'm who plays at right back well I, you know who I'll play <laughs> do I need to say yeah so Gomez at right back no. Trent's the, the right. Champions League's best rated defender I believe this week I'm, I'm gonna are you on a percentage I didn't write I didn't, that was my day off when that story was written I don't know who wrote it but uh, you know what you're getting for your present don't you yeah. <laughs> every letter <laughs> Um, I'm going to go Joe Matip instead of Dayan Lovren. Ooh. Is this you or you think this is what no, Klopp th- th- will go this for? This is what I would personally do. I think, you personally go for Yeah, it? I think in that old Trafford cauldron, I think that's just set up for a Lovren blunder. And I think Joe Matip's a cooler head. Well, Interesting. Right. What you, I'm saying I, think, I think it's set up for a Matip flake and disappear into yeah. the dust. I, I, like think, it's, I think it's time for a Lovren yeah. sliding tackle. Probably Lukaku would just run him over yeah. for me. He's so weak. I so think you're saying Lovren? Lovren, Lovren and Van Dijk for me. Yeah. Okay, uh, okay. With the front three we know is going to be Ings and Solanke. Uh, <laughs> um, so the midfield. Are, are we saying James Milner? Yeah, yes, I am. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we saying Jordan Henderson? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And are we saying Genie Wijnaldum? No, no. Oh, he hasn't played for a while, has he? Right now, away from home, Ian. Oh, sorry, from oh, yeah. Emery Chan. Sorry, it's got to be, hey, be Chan. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I've forgotten about him. I've sold him already. Yeah, yeah. in my head, yeah. he's gone. And um, I thought, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good side. All of them playing well. Mm. You yeah. can't think there's one. There's not one player really there where you can think they're not playing. You know, Firmino's been involved in goals and scoring. Mane, Salah just doesn't stop. Um, Henderson's come back and looked good recently. Milner's on the best form he's been in for about a year, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Chan is that physical presence you'd want in there. Um, and you know the back, the back four is playing really well. And um, you know it'd be interesting to see if Robertson and Trent can be the ones who push. The United fullbacks, but I'm not sure who they'll play at fullback. Presumably Valencia, if he's young. So you know they they <laughs> they give them. Still think of them as wingers. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they 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 give them that ability to to cause problems out wide and that free space inside. And it would be really important for Klopp, I think, if he can get Robertson and Trent on the front foot, pushing them back. Okay, so just finally, Manchester United. Do we think they're going to park the bus? Yes or no? Or, or if not park the bus, then certainly have it running. As, as much as you can at home, yeah. Yeah, the bus will be running. You yeah, it, it won't be as bad as, as yeah. it was at Anfield. They're at Old Trafford, but uh, I think he'll set out to stifle and try and do a proper job. And he was furious at Anfield that Klopp didn't play the game because Klopp didn't massively go for yeah, it. I know you're going to say the second half where he was going, ah, oh, Klopp was very clever because when he made when I made my substitutions, he did like for like because I thought he was going to go for it and he didn't. And he didn't yeah, exactly. So Klopp may be thinking, well, that that annoyed him. So yeah. That's why I think he, he. I'm not convinced that he will necessarily go for it very much, Klopp. I think 
he knows he's got players at the front of the pitch who can have their moment and win the game for him but I think he'll want them to be quite solid that's why I don't think it's a given that he'll definitely go for Trent at right back because he definitely sees Joe yeah. Gomez as the more solid yeah. defensive option so we'll see so score prediction are we all saying 1-0 I am I am yeah. I am yeah yeah. <laughs> one-all, yeah what a surprise final thing then Andy under 23s are playing Manchester United on Friday night aren't they they are and you know it's a big recovery mission for the 23s um, they got absolutely mauled by um, Leicester who started in second in the table on Monday night this down at the King Power it was a very young Liverpool side who were top of the table until then uh, they now dropped to second or third um, uh, they do have a game in hand on Leicester who are three points clear so you know if they could win at Anfield they'd only be behind them on goal difference United are bottom of the Premier League two table they've only won two games all season so Liverpool definitely going as favourites but all the changes have really hit the side and uh, you know we need some of the uh, some of the players who've come up from the 18s to really take that next step forward so um, some great talents encourage everyone to get along but massively important message if you are nearby and listen to this you have to get your tickets in advance from the ticket office there aren't going to be any turnstiles open so they're free if you're a season ticket holder or a member or only a, a quid for kids or three quid for adults if not but you have to get them before five o'clock on Friday night at kick off seven so you need to go along and, uh, and get your tickets in advance Right, that should do us. Join us next week where we'll look back on a one-all draw against Manchester United at Old Trafford <laughs> and we continue the farewell tour. Cheerio. Cheerio. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 21,50 per maand met de iPhone SE 32 gigabyte. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.